Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Dragon Radio. Today's show is brought to you by Zephyr Brand Jewelry for all your fashion needs. And our date today's guest is Brian Crane. Welcome. Hi there. So you have a book out called My Dearest Madeline, a letter to my daughter before I die and how to, I vanquished my fear and anxiety. Yeah, mouthful. <laughs> I'm long subtitle. <laughs> Yes, it is, but it's okay. So what led you to write this? Um, so it, uh, when, when I was 11, um, I was um, diagnosed with diabetes. And um, five years prior, uh, my big sister was, was diagnosed with uh, diabetes. Um, and then um, fast forward to... Um, my sister in her, uh, I would say 30, I would say when she was 30, mm-hmm. um, she started uh, developing all these major uh, health issues. Um, uh, she started losing her eyesight. Um, she started uh, losing the use of her stomach. She started losing the uh, use of her legs. Um, her, her kidneys failed. And this is all due to uh, nerve damage from diabetes. Um, she specifically didn't take care of herself. Um, and I, I can't explain it well, but um, what happens is when you don't take care of yourself with diabetes, you lose weight. Um, and she was, uh, she wasn't, um, she wasn't a bigger girl, um, but she was, she, it was, it was a form of anorexia. Uh, so she didn't take care of herself and she eventually had all these, these health problems. Uh, so when I got into my thirties, um, I had been taking a little bit better care of myself. I wasn't the diabetic poster child. Um, but I was taking better care of myself. And now she eventually, uh, when she was 35, she passed away um and well that's okay that's okay um and now that i'm uh 37 um you know i started seeing all these health problems myself Mm -hmm. um which was a very scary thing Uh, so i can't give you an exact timeline um but i would say um you know about three years ago um i started noticing things uh, I would get a, um, <clears throat> a floater in my eye uh, and 
So that was uh, bad blood vessels in my eye bursting. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went to my doctor. Um, and in the midst of all of this, I'm, I'm throwing up randomly. And I don't know why. Um, so I went to my doctor and, uh, you know, he told me, he said, oh, you probably have gastroparesis, you know, because of how long you've had diabetes. Um, so that's the disease my sister had. Mm -hmm. uh, she had gastroparesis. And it just means that you're, because of nerve damage, your, your, your stomach doesn't work anymore. Yes, so I know if, it very well. Oh, do you? Yes, I do. I know everything you're talking about, and I'm not diabetic, but I have the exact same things. Okay. And so um, I would, like I said, I'd be, uh, you know, throwing up randomly and, and uh, my doctor, you know, uh, he gave me the news that I had like the exact same thing my sister had. And uh, luckily he had asked what else is wrong? Um, because when you doctor Google things and you look up eye floaters, you know, it says eye floaters are, are normal, and, mm -hmm. um, but for a diabetic, they are not. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so he had said, well, I'm going to send you to, you know, uh, an emergency optometrist because this isn't good. Um, so I went to my uh, optometrist and she said, she, you know, looked at my eyes and she said, no, we're rushing you to the hospital right now. I think your eye is detaching from your retina. Um, so I went to an ophthalmologist. Um, and when the ophthalmologist came in the room, um, so my, my sister, she was, you know, near the end, she was blind, mm -hmm. um, which is the biggest fear that I have is, is going blind. So the ophthalmologist came in the room and he's, you know, and I, I looked at him and I said, please just be gentle with whatever news you have. Um, and I remember him looking me in the eye and he said, well, you'll be blind in six months. And I immediately had uh, a nervous breakdown. Um, it, was, it, was, it was very, very tough for me because I am comparing my story with my sister's story. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going blind. I'm, you know, I have gastroparesis. Um, you start you know, comparing I'm, everything to what you know, to yeah. known events, and it goes yes. to the negative ex immediately. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I couldn't stop comparing myself. I had a, uh, I had a major nervous breakdown. Um, now eventually, um, what had, uh, what had happened was, um, I, I started having anxiety all the time. Um, and with the gastroparesis, uh, you know, my normal body weight is, is anywhere from like 160 to 170. Well, I started losing massive amounts of weight um, uh, because I can liken it to a bad case of, of food poisoning, you know? Um, so anything that's like high in fiber, high in fat, your, your stomach's not going to process it if you have gastroparesis. Um, and it's going to be a bad case of food poisoning for you. Um, so this was happening all the time because I was vegan. Um, so everything's got high fiber. Um, so, so, uh, I got down to about 115 pounds. Um, and I don't think I weighed that when I was like 12. So, um, I'm in the hospital, you know, um, my, 
now I'm experiencing major heart problems. Um, I'm going blind and uh, the doctor comes to me and, and she says, uh, now Brian, like you need to get your power of attorney. Um, you need to get your affairs in order. She's like, I don't know how much longer you can last like this, you know, um, you need to take care of those things. So part of uh, me getting my affairs in order was was uh, writing this book um, because it essentially was a death letter to my daughter. Um, so I, I took an outline um, of all the things I wanted to tell her, but it was a lot. Like I, I wanted to tell her a lot. I mean, she was only, uh, you know, she was only about 10 at the time. Um, and it ended up being, the letter ended up being as big as a book. And so, you know, we're, we're sitting around and, and she, she, you know, she knows, I, I, I tell her everything. And so, you know, she knows I'm writing her this letter and she knows about my health. And um, I started playing around with the idea of telling her, you know, um, I think the things that I have to say are beneficial from experience. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking about turning your letter into a book. You know, and she, I remember she grabbed my arm and she said, dad, you have to go through with this. You know, a lot of people, um, they don't go through with uh, things like this, with their dreams. And she's like, you, you have to make me a promise that, uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to start this and finish it. Uh, so that's, I did. And uh, this is, this is my letter to her and to everybody else about, you know, how to get over your uh, fear anxiety. and anxiety. Yeah, see, I went through this, I'm borderline diabetic, so I'm not diabetic yet, or they call pre-diabetes. Yeah. So I yeah. do take care of myself now. I mean, I don't do sugar and I eat healthy and can't do high fiber, can't do high fats because I have gastroparesis and yeah, oh. I'm a mess. So 2011, I'm going through exit exactly what you're going through with the diabetes, but for a different reason. I had a AVM in the brain and it caused two strokes, needed uh, brain surgery, and I still have gastroparesis. That's gonna be a lifetime thing. So I understand what you're going through. I understand the floaters because I still have it. It's really? going to be eventually I will go blind. It, that, that is a fact of life. It's a, it's 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 such a scary thing. Um, now uh, I'm in Canada, mm -hmm. um, so we have these uh, needles we can get in our eyes, um, mm -hmm. and it's uh, uh, it it kills the bad blood vessels. Um, and uh, as as long as I go um, and I'm faithful to these appointments. Um, the likelihood of my eyesight getting any worse um, is is relatively low, so I'm I'm you know I'm fortunate uh, enough for that for you know my my healthcare system. Um, but before I knew any of these things, it was it was literally getting used to the fact that you know I'm not going to see anymore, and you know me comparing myself uh, with my sister and what she went through with going blind. She did not um, take it well. She didn't um, go through with those appointments to get those needles in her eye that she so desperately needed. Mm -hmm. um, 
she had just totally given up uh, at this point. And and I have to I have to clarify that um, she died because um, uh, the healthcare system at the time was so pro um, pain medication, and so she she was on like six different um, opiates for her pain, and and eventually like her heart just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it- Depends on the healthcare system. I'm in America, you're in Canada. So our healthcare systems range widely, depending on yeah. where, you know, it's different. But at the same time, we both, both countries have went through the, here's a painkiller, here's a painkiller, have more painkillers. That's not how you deal with diseases. You have to actually right. treat the disease. You can't just give a painkiller because then you're causing more problems and more problems and more problems. Yeah, I, t- I totally 100% agree. Um, you know, and it, you would think it, it's, it's gotten better, but even, even my doctor now, like he would just give me whatever I wanted at this point. And, and I have to say like, no, I can't, you know, I've, I've seen, I saw what happened to my sister. I can't, you know, mm-hmm. I could try my best to, uh, you know, manage, with the pain and, and, and deal with it. Right. That's exactly what I do. I actually take Tylenol to go to sleep because I refuse to use any op- opioids. Um, but if I went to my doctor and said, hey, I need something for pain. Yeah, they'll write a script out. No problem. Because yeah. that's what they're so, trained to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad. Yeah, the, the, the opioid crisis is um, just, it's absolutely devastating and it hits uh, so close to home um, and not just, you know, with my sister, with my, my, my mom passed away recently um, from the same issues. Um, I've, I've had uh, friends that have died because of the opioid crisis. Um, I work at the hospital and, and um, that you see you know, they, it every day working at the hospital. I mean, yeah, you every, see this. Yeah, every single day. It's it seems like every patient um, is is there dealing with with some type of addiction, and mm-hmm. it's it's so that the healthcare system has 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 uh, let them down. It has. I mean, it, it's global. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what healthcare system you're talking about. It's global. It's a pandemic of our own making because we're not training. We're just, here's a painkiller. We are starting to transition away from the painkillers, but it's, the harm's already done for a whole generation, basically. Yes. Yeah. Now this, we have to make sure we t- let people know this. This is a new release. You just put this book out in February. Yes. So yeah. how long did it actually take you to write this letter to your daughter before you decided to publish it? Um, I've been, um, I've always struggled with, with anxiety. Um, <clears throat> uh, I grew up actually in a cult. Um, and fortunately for me, um, I, I got out of it. Um, that caused a lot of anxiety. And, and a lot of fear. It's a, it was a fear-based religion. Um, and so I've always done research on it. Um, so it, as far as the research goes, I mean, I've, I've been researching my whole life. Um, 
but especially uh, the, the last four years. Um, and the book took me, uh, the book took me about two years to write um, because I have, you know, I have three jobs. Um, you know, I have, uh, for, for the longest time, I've, I've been a single father. Um, so I, you know, having the, the time to sit down and write, that was, that was a challenge for me. But I did uh, get it done in two years. Um, a lot of people take a lot longer, but it's, it's such a, uh, it, it's a subject that was just so easy for me to write, you know, it's a letter to my daughter. Right. Um, so it, it was, it was, it was relatively easy for me to write. Well, that's good that the, that was easy for you to write. It's a great message to get out there because you have so much life experience and just a few, you know, you're not 50, 60 years old, you're under 40 and you have all this experience. Yeah. <laughs> just saying people under 50 actually do have life experiences <laughs> we do know what we're talking about sometimes but um yeah. no, it does take a while to write a book it doesn't matter if it's fictional it doesn't matter if it's a letter it doesn't matter what it is it takes forever for an author even a first-time author to write their first book this is not something yeah. you sit down over a weekend and pen out <laughs> you can it's not going to be very good but you can <laughs> yeah yeah and there's the you know you you focus so much time on <clears throat> editing and, and, and revisions and um you know questioning yourself and mm -hmm. um you know for a first-time author it's uh it's really jumping into the market um you know uh, making yourself vulnerable and uh you know, giving your thoughts to people and then, you know, possibly hearing that, you know, maybe your thoughts aren't valid or, or, you know, maybe you're not as intelligent as you think you are. It's, it's such a scary thing. And I think that's the most difficult thing for an author is, you know, making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. First you have to make yourself vulnerable. Then you have to listen to your critics because even the most anal critic will give you a little bit of information to better yourself. Yes. Yeah, and I, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, you don't self-internalize every little thing, but you take it, you digest it, and then you take that little two-word nugget or whatever it is and figure out how to better yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, because the book is so new, I haven't run across a bad review yet. Um, and I'm sure I will have to um, endure that uh, rite of passage that uh, every writer has to go through. And I'm not looking forward to it. Like I, I am, I'm very, I'm a very sensitive person. Um, so I'm not looking forward to it. But like you said, I mean, it's, it's, it's constructive. Um, you know, you have to take what people say with a grain of salt. Um, you know, I'm always up for bettering myself. So yeah, I'm not looking for it, forward to it, but I am. <laughs> it's a learning curve. I remember in 2016 when I published my first book and did my first book signing, it was very humbling because you get all the negative and their readers will go to your face to tell you what's wrong before they will put it on a computer or internet review. They'll come to you. They'll find you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, just to tell you, hey, 
you need to fix this, you need to do that. That's why connecting with our readers is so important. And I have a show so our readers can find you. Yes, yeah. That said, where can our listeners and our viewers find you? Um, so I'm, I'm mainly focused uh, on my, my, my Instagram. Uh, so my Instagram handle is uh, um, Madeline the Anxiety Conqueror uh, with uh, underscores. Um, also, you can find my, my book on uh, Amazon. Um, you can find it, you know, Barnes and Noble chapters um, all online. Uh, you know, nobody's nobody's accepting um, independently published works right now, like through through um, you know smaller stores or. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Amazon is my my main channel of of revenue. So if you just search my dearest Madeline on on Amazon, you know, look for me on Instagram. Um, that's where I am. And for our viewers and li- listeners, if you look in the comment section, you'll find all the links. So. We do try to make it easy for the readers to find you. Now, here's a big question. Are you planning to write another book? Uh, depending on the success of this book, um, because, uh, you know, people don't know how much it costs to, to write a book, uh, especially an independently published book. Um, it does uh, cost quite a lot of money. Um, so, uh, I do want to see how, how, how this book goes. Um, but if I, you know, if, if it is uh, rather successful, I would like to write a book about um, the bad diabetics. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you hear so much about, um, you know, when you, when you read about diabetes, you hear about all the people that are under super good control and um, the people that, uh, you know, don't. The poster child for the diabetes. Yeah. It, you know, it's not all poster child. We have our yeah. ones that don't eat very healthy, that need to take better care of themselves, to lose weight, to exercise, to you name it, they don't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like you hear about all these people that um, take super good control, uh, super good care of themselves, and you don't relate to them. Like, you know, uh, like I said, I've I, I'm obviously in the position I'm in because I'm not the poster child for diabetes. Um, I have made myself uh, extremely better. I am now the poster child for diabetes. Um, But I want to write a book of of relatability to that, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, I also uh, want to make a book about uh, fatherhood, you know, what it, uh, what it was like to, uh, you know, be a single father. Um, my child is like my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is, is, uh, I've just been blessed with the, uh, best daughter uh, imaginable. And I would like to think that I had a, had a hand in that. Um, so I would like to see if I could write a book about fatherhood as well. Those both would be needed in to say, today's society. Seriously. We don't have too many books on single fathers writing about per- parenthood. Yes. Yeah, we, I don't, agree. we don't have very many books on the me- negative, bad poster children for diabetes or other yeah. diseases. We always yeah. see the, you do this, A, B, C, and D, you, you'll be fine. You don't get, well, if you don't do A, B, C, and D, this is going to be your life. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and that was that was really the um the this the starting point for this book was was relatability. Mm-hmm. Um you, you know, I with my with my research of anxiety and fear, I would come across all these books and uh, written by by doctors and and written by um these these super rich ambitious people uh and and i felt you know i didn't relate to them they'd be talking in their books like oh you, you know I've, I've spoken about fear to fortune 500 ceos and and i'm thinking well that's not you know that's not me how can you relate to me mm-hmm. uh so i wanted to write a book about you know uh a book that about uh, anxiety and fear that that uh, uh, relates to a, a lot of people. Right. You want to go for the big market, not the Fortune 500 CEO, because the Fortune 500 CEO, they already know how to do A, B, C, and D. You yeah. know, they yeah. wouldn't be a Fortune 500 if they don't know how to get from A to C. <laughs> and, and I mean, to, to, to be in a position of, of a CEO, I mean, you, you have had to master fear and anxiety already um, to get into that position. So I wanted a book for uh, the people that are like struggling to be an owner of, of, uh, of a small company or, you know, things like that. Or just getting by in life. I mean, how much we've learned in 2020, just people getting by working at McDonald's, getting by and then everything happening now you have so much fear and anxiety that's outside your normal and we have to get through that yeah yeah and see i, I wrote this book uh pre-pandemic um so it's uh, you know now more than ever people have you, been you were before the curve on this <laughs> yeah so that's good that you wrote it before and it's coming out after because now we're dealing with the anxiety and we need to move forward. Yes. Yeah. And, and my, my strategies that, that I personally learned that I've uh, laid out in, in the book uh, are, are so helpful uh, dealing with this pandemic. So I hope people are benefiting from it. That is awesome. And I thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a very interesting conversation, all of the map like usual for me. <laughs> and for all of our leader- readers and our listeners, happy reading. <laughs>